0: Straight, full. Are you guys live streaming that as well? Or are you recording yeah. it and then yeah. putting it out afterwards? No, we uh, we live stream it as well And we have a uh, live guest And it's, um Whoever has a paranormal story Can come up and talk to us And I think that's prepared me for uh, Listening to the more, um Colorful people out there Who, uh Have opinions about local politics
1: Well, I would imagine doing a paranormal open mic
0: You would run into a lot of colorful people Oh yeah they have
1: some interesting stories
0: but they're great and and most people just want to be heard they just want to be listened to and and uh, they just want to understand the world that we live in How did that start what are you kind of a paranormal guy is that uh, so some of the um, some of the films that I work on uh, are are paranormal related uh, so I was doing some bigfoot hunting. Uh, with uh, one of our local Bigfoot celebrities, I saw
1: the vampire
0: video that you guys did out at Oh yeah, it was that in was Ferndale. Just, yeah, that was just fun. That was just uh. Yeah, that wasn't a production shoot or anything. No, no, no. That was just uh. I think Peter had his cell phone and uh. But yeah, we definitely wanted to to give because Peter had seen online he had seen a um
1: it was like, like a, a meme TikTok video
0: or something. Yeah, that said uh oh in Ferndale California there's a vampire grave. Uh, Didn't quite pan out though. No, yet. no. There was uh but it never ever like when you're trying to find like um uh, for sure for sure evidence of the paranormal, it's kind of hard to uh oh let me turn down my phone too.
1: Well I would imagine, especially with Bigfoot. Did anything pan out when you did that or you guys are still looking for? Him?
0: Uh no comment on that. Uh you know, to be determined in season forty seven.
1: That's the funny thing with those shows is there's always another season.
0: There's always they another get close, but yeah. they never actually catch. Oh, it. we were just there. He was just look at that. Ah, oh, it's a footprint. Could have been, could have been from anywhere. Could have been from anything, but it's Bigfoot for sure.
1: Are you a believer in Bigfoot?
0: Well, let's just say as a politician now, because everything I say is now political. Um, Bigfoot has a big footprint in this economy. So, and people have definitely seen things out there, uh, and we'll just leave it we'll leave it at that. I mean, I definitely I believe in the uh, the Bigfoot phenomenon, and uh, it's done a lot of good, and it's given people a lot of hope. And there are uh, people out there trying to preserve uh, history and legacy of of Bigfoot history because the the Patterson Gilman footage was filmed uh, right here. Uh, just north of Willow Creek in the Bluff Creek area. And so there's a group of people called the Bluff Creek Project. One of my buddies, Rowdy, is on it. And uh, they go down there and they clear it up. And uh, they actually used um, video for for measuring uh, distance for trying to get uh, accurate readings from the video that was shot, the Patterson-Gilman footage. Sorry, that's uh no words. That's the Red Bull talking. Yeah, that's the Red Bull talking, That's not me. Oh, wings. <laughs> um, but yeah, they went out there. They cleaned up all the brush, and they were able to get actual uh, actual measurements uh, based on the rocks and the sticks and the things that were uh, in the video that are still there today. And they were able to determine height and and uh, speed. Is that the footage of of the big the, big, the classic uh, walking? Yeah, the one where he's looking back and he's like, oh, or she? Uh, her name uh, is uh, referred to as Patty. Do you think that footage was legit? It's definitely on there, and it's been analyzed by a lot of scientists, and it's been analyzed by a lot of uh, researchers. Uh, and um, there's there's some interesting findings for sure. W-
1: wasn't the guy that filmed that? didn't he buy a bigfoot costume or something or was with a guy who had a bigfoot costume and
0: I I don't know. Uh I haven't heard that uh but I'm not uh you know uh, I just I just point the camera and uh uh record the audio and um I I guess host a paranormal podcast. And so the paranormal podcast came out of Weird Howard. Yeah, uh, well, that was uh, no. It was actually Peter's idea. He wanted to do a uh, open mic that was uh, paranormal related, and uh, he approached me to to help out with it, and uh, I brought a little more um, pizzazz to it. Like, uh, put uh, you know, made it made it into a, a production. Uh, you know, candles, skulls, um, Ouija boards. All kinds of you know, you gotta you gotta sell it. You gotta, you you know, gotta like, dress the set a bit. You gotta bit. dress the set. You gotta make sure that people know when they come in and they sit down, and it's oh man, it's it's getting paranormal in here. And plus it's great time. It's like spooky season coming up. So
1: And you guys do it at the crisp lounge now too, right?
0: Yeah. That yeah. helps. It's a great it's a great place. Oh yeah, because like you know, anybody can sit there and talk about the UFOs, but how many people can sit around and talk about the UFOs while high? In a, in a public, in a public place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the, the way, the way, um, pot, the pot industry, uh, has grown, uh, since legalization, uh, leaps and bounds and just fitting in all these little niche. Have you been to the crisp lounge? I haven't. Oh, you gotta go. It's really fun. Uh, they've got pool tables. It's like a sports bar. Uh, but with weed, it's, you can smoke in there. Uh, and it's great to you, you can have uh, it's non alcoholic beer that they serve there, and it's really, it's so, it's so nice. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, I've heard good things. They do live music, they yeah, have comedy nights there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all, uh, it's all Peter or like 90%. I don't know, I don't know the percentage, but uh, yeah, Peter does a lot of, uh, uh a lot of work with uh, Comedy Humboldt, so it's great. The The interesting thing
1: about that is you kind of have this repertoire of work to some extent and then kind of pivoting into politics. Are you worried about the optics of that?
0: Oh, man. If optics were something that the first district people worried about, I'm pretty sure that that would have come up more than once uh, already. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, you, the your optics and the optics of your
1: competitor. I mean, you guys are an interesting duo, to say the least. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say the least. Is that what was your motivation to run? You uh, have Weird Howard. You have this open mic for paranormal activity. Did yeah. you just think eh, I'm going to throw something else in the mix?
0: No. Well, uh, I had always thought about running for office. Um, Specifically here, local uh, politics. Uh, so I was in the Coast Guard for a while, and uh, I got medically retired out, and um, there aren't a lot of resources here for veterans and definitely not in the healthcare uh, area here. Uh, there's, there's really not that much. Uh, so in order for me to start treatment, I actually had to take uh, their shuttle buses uh, from the VA uh, clinic here in Eureka, and it's a, a, about a six or seven hour drive down south to uh, the San Francisco VA Medical Center, and uh, it's so much easier to just do that than to drive. I like I six hour drive uh, is is killer, and then you have to wait five, six months to get reimbursed for your drive trip, it's easier to just hop in the shuttle and try to nap. But uh, I ended up sitting next to somebody who was also going down for cancer treatment. Um, And he was a member of the uh, Humboldt County Grand Jury. And uh, we ended up really just getting into a big discussion about uh, the local political scene and what was kind of happening behind closed doors and what, uh, what people didn't want to get out and, uh, you know, some, some less than reputable practices that may have been happening. Um, and, uh, so he invited me over to his house, uh, and, uh, I had a meeting there with Several other people that were also under grand, that had also uh, served on grand juries. And if you don't know anything about the grand jury, the grand jury is amazing. Everybody should try to get on a grand jury. Uh, they have them every year, uh, and you can join, and you can basically investigate anything you want. You have free reign. It's a, it's a great civilian oversight of the county government, and it, it, if, if it didn't exist a lot more problems would be around. So that's what really got me into, you know, somebody should probably say something. Somebody should probably stand up uh, because th- there is a ton of things that need to be corrected. And uh, it's a list, and it's just getting longer and longer. Um, so that's what really got me going. And then I, I beat the cancer. Uh, I had a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at least it wasn't that Hodgkin's lymphoma. Nobody wants that. Yeah, Non-Hodgkin's, right? So uh, uh, I beat the cancer, uh, and then uh, it was the pandemic. And everything was happening, and you had to live your life kind of online. Uh, and then now that's not over, but, you know, subsided significantly um i decided that uh and i had heard from several people from several uh friends that um the uh the current supervisor wasn't going to run again uh so i i was like "Oh, all, right, all right you know this might be a good time to just put my name out there just to get some you know recognition and talk about some of the ideas and talk about some of the the problems that the county has and then he did uh announce that he was going to run again and it was like all right. Well, I guess uh, I guess it's a, I guess it's a race now. So uh, it's been very interesting because um, I don't live in those political circles. Uh, I don't follow uh, the people involved in those. Uh, you know, I have my own side uh, that I work on, and you know, most of it is is film and commercial, and uh, most of the people I work with um, are not really politically engaged uh so i i'm coming from a completely different perspective on local politics uh and it's uh there are positives to it and there are downsides to it for sure like most things right like most things yeah you know you got to take the good with the bad you gotta you gotta roll with the punches a little bit and you gotta just uh you know you got to focus on, I want to do good. I want to do good for the community. And this is an opportunity for me to do good for the community. And even if I don't win, getting all of this out for other people, other voters, uh, it's going to help in the long run anyway.
1: When you said you don't run in those political circles, what do you mean by
0: that? I mean, I don't know the people that are financing uh, donations to uh, candidates. Uh, and from what I understand, I probably don't want to know those people. Um, so I'm just going to stay out of that. Uh, in fact, uh, when I first announced that I was running, uh, it was on a uh, the Lost Coast Outpost uh, page where they had talked about how uh, the candidate that was uh, already put their, their information in, they were, um, raising funds before putting in their, their requirement that they needed. Uh, and I had already done that. And, uh, I'd also decided that I wasn't going to raise any money until after, uh, I could gather enough signatures. I can't even start gathering signatures until the 14th. Uh, but as soon as I, uh, get enough signatures where it's like, I'm definitely a viable candidate. Uh, Then I'm going to start in earnest uh, uh, with uh, political donations. Because I want to show people that I don't have any ulterior motives. I don't work for any kind of, like, I'm not behooved to the money um, that other candidates might be. Uh, And I'm not trying to, I'm trying to put myself out there as a, let's kind of, clear up some of the possible means of corruption that the government has and uh, let's you know close some loopholes so that more money goes into the hands of the people that need it uh, with government programs than uh, people that probably don't have the best reputation.
1: Are you worried that that is going to hinder your campaign where you are running against an incumbent who does have financial backing?
0: Um maybe at first, but uh that's why it's more important for me to to get out there and meet people and and talk about the issues that surround uh the actual communities and put together um put together a plan that will help the most people. Um and not rely on. I, I'm, I'm talking to people. I'm talking to individuals and and their concerns and and what's happening with them. Uh, before I'm talking about well, what's this business need? And uh, what's this? Uh, you know, like I, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is the the people that live in the first district, and then also the people that live in the county themselves. And Humboldt County has a lot of problems, and. Uh, I think the solutions to Humboldt County problems have to come from Humboldt County. We have to th- really think about Humboldt County as its own island. And, uh, you know, there there are state regulations that come out that don't really apply or don't really fit well within Humboldt County itself. Um, there are definitely issues that come up that it, it just, it's it's not... Not always what's best for the people that live here.
1: Do you have concrete examples of that that come to mind?
0: Oh, uh, let's see here. Let me think about it for a second. Let me drink my Red Bull. Sponsored by not Red Bull. Um, I know I do. All right. Uh, so when I was at the um, Mattol Grange the other day, for the uh, meeting between PG&E and Frontier, um, uh, the Matoll Valley needs a lot of work. The internet has been out. Uh, phone service is almost non-existent there. Uh, the The teachers at the school uh, need constant uh, online communication in order for students to to be able to. Um, uh, finish their school and 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 work uh, following the federal guidelines things and internet has been so shoddy um and it was uh originally going to be fixed uh, i think they said like seven years ago they put in this oh we're gonna put in all these programs and stuff and uh, when pg e first came out uh, they said in order to fix the uh, electricity out there it would cost uh, I think they said 300 million dollars, which it, no, it won't. That's a ridiculous amount. And all the people of the Matoll Valley are paying for is bonuses uh, to a company that doesn't even exist inside of Humboldt County proper. Uh, ha, you know, has we're, we're paying for for lawsuits. Uh, from burning down communities several counties over. And um, it's just a lot of bloat. So I went there, and I started talking about, you know, how the community there would benefit from uh, uh, community-owned broadband network cooperatives and uh, electric uh, cooperatives. Uh, They would be completely owned by the people that live there and run and managed by the people that live there. So they'd be accountable to the people that live there. And uh they build uh, these cooperatives um, all over the place. Uh, there's one in a rural Alaska that provides uh electricity, telephone and cable TV uh, to to these people in this remote part if we can if they can finance and build uh, a co-op in in super rural Alaska then we can do it in California when we have Google fiber lines coming in to Samoa and uh, everything's getting upgraded. It, it, it's not going to cost. A, 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 that's, that's a crazy amount. That's laughable. And um, it's just, it's just one of those things that it's like, that's just one problem in a sea of problems that this County has with, with, especially with finances. Um, so finances are, are, are ridiculous. And, uh, I'm actually happy that we're talking about taxes and finances, you know, like let's make, let's make government boring again. Like let's not, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have to sell myself based on my personality. I want to be able to sell like, Hey, you know what we should do? Uh, you know, we should reduce expenditures. By implementing audit report recommendations, like oh, we've had uh, we've had so much money go missing. Uh, so Humboldt County is is it's unique. Um, there are trusts out there that uh, have community money in them uh, that are not overseen equally. So. Money goes in, and uh, so like uh, one of the one of the points at the 2020 audit was that there's a children's and services, or there's a in-home health there there's a, a, a services trust uh, that's used for for medical uh, care, and 1.4 million dollars got wired out of it, and we have no idea where it went, who it went to. Who who owns that? It's just it's just gone, and there's no accountability for that. And if that was just the only issue, then it's like, well, I mean, obviously we have an issue there, but uh, there are there are hundreds of of things like that happening, and the audit report recommendation uh, s- shows that you know the board of supervisors uh, has the ability. To, to vote for a official way to close out all of these um, trusts and we can combine all those trusts into like a single trust so the county is actually going to be able to uh, account for everything in and out of that. We'll cut off all the other bank accounts that are loose um, and then if you have a larger trust you're earning more interest on it you're getting more returns on on the money that's there, and that'll help shorten up some of the budget falls that we that we found. Um, Has anybody
1: offered an explanation for the one point four million dollars? No, on where it might have gone. Nobody no. said anything.
0: No, it's just the. Uh, if you can read, you can pull up the audit report on uh, the Humboldt County Government website, and I suggest everybody read the. Um, uh, everybody read the audit report. Everybody read the grand jury uh, findings and just really understand what's happening in your community. And a lot of people don't have the time to sit there and and go through all this. But there is there is a lot uh, like that all over the place. And it's it's freaking ridiculous. Uh, in fact, the county budget that the supervisors vote on, one percent of that budget goes just to covering transfers it's like $8 million. Like, like, you know what we could do with $8 million? We could build a uh, line of sight towers for the Matoll Valley and flood the whole valley with uh, data cell phone towers so that people driving through or people driving down 101 will actually be able to use their phones. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous how much money waste there is. Well, apparently, just missing money. On top yeah, yeah, of that. just just because we don't know, we don't know where it is, and uh, it's like, oh, uh, we should probably find that, but we're probably not going to. Uh, what did they say? They said, did I print it out? I didn't print it out. I didn't bring it with me. But yeah, there's, it's, it's. Um, oh, do I have it on my notepad? Like a real notepad? No, those are keys. All right, never mind.
1: But I don't know if people. If it's that people don't care, or they just don't have enough time to actually look into it to no, care, or to know probably. to care.
0: I mean, uh, I'm lucky because I got to retire early, so I have a little more time on my hands. And myself and the other uh, veterans that I get to work with, um, we uh, we like to dig. We like to look at things. Uh, we like to have because uh, you're supposed to. You're supposed to be government service is government trust, right? Um, People trust the government to do the right thing.
1: Do people trust the government anymore? Though? No, they I don't. Mean, because that there's
0: no, there's no been like, no, public service is a public trust is what I mean. Public service is a public trust. And if you serve the public, you have to be able to be trusted by them. Um, Yeah. I've just been going uh, days, days now. I need to take a break. I need to take a but I'm going uphill. I'm working I'm working against uh I'm working against the grain here. Uh so that means that I've got to make up um get, got to make up lost time. Uh I got to get my name out there to the people. Um Do you feel like you're fighting against the tide? You know, at first I really did and a lot of people still believe that I am. Uh but uh, everybody I've talked to has said that it is really good that I'm running that somebody has competition for the first time, like real competition that's gonna ask some really tough questions uh, and and try to get uh, what's uh, the community back together in in a way because we're we're all a product of divisive politics, um, there are community services out there that are politicized all the time so you know if you if you need them obviously you vote that way or you don't you know like but that's not how community services are supposed to work that's not how the government's supposed to work we're all in this together every single one of us depending it doesn't matter your your background or or you know what you <sighs> It matters what you care about, but it doesn't matter your 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 background. It doesn't matter how long you've lived here, whether you've lived in the county for six years or uh, your family's been here for 6,000 years. You know, all, all the services should work for the people of the community that they're supposed to serve. Yeah, I know it's it's hard to follow up on that.
1: Yeah, that I mean that was interesting. Do you think that I mean, is your approach in this campaign are you trying more so to raise awareness with the hope of potentially winning or are you just providing healthy competition to the democratic process or do you believe that you you have the tools to actually implement some
0: all three? Some real change? Yeah, no, there are. Uh if I if I do uh make it uh the first thing that we need to do is uh, find out where the county actually stands on, on funding, and we have to implement these changes. And I've already talked to um, a few other um, supervisors, and uh, they're all on board. So, you know, if I if I make it, these these are these are getting changed. These are getting Did you
1: ever follow the Karen Paz-Dominguez auditor-controller race? Yes. Yes, I did. What did you make of that?
0: Um, Regardless of how you feel about her, she brought up some very valid points. And she brought up some very good points uh, about the state of county finances. And regardless of how you feel, like, politically everybody should know what's in the piggy bank. Everybody should be able to look up and go, yeah, that's that's what the piggy bank holds. And if you can't, and if you have dark money out there where you just don't know where it is or where it came from or where it's going, um, that's less oversight. And that's worse for the public overall. And definitely worse for the trust in the government.
1: Well, not to put words into her mouth, but she, my impression was basically that the county finances are kind of a dumpster fire and she brought that up. And I mean, would you say anything has changed since she tried to bring these revelations forward or at least say, Hey, something's wrong.
0: I think that, yeah, because her, her look back started, uh, while she was in probably about, uh, it went like eight, eight years back where it was over the last eight years since she'd been there or nine years since she'd been there, um, there was a lot missing. So, dumpster fire would put it, put it kindly uh, for what it is. The best thing that happened, though, is that we do have a lot more eyes on it. And we have a lot more people that want to know what's happening. And uh, you know, just listening to the experts involved in the audit uh, and just saying, okay, if we did what these experts say that we're supposed to do, what the Board of Supervisors is supposed to do, and bring our finances up uh, to the same level that the rest of the state uh, follows uh, county finances, that's going to do a lot. Uh, that's going to help us uh, get more grant programs. That's going to help us get more federal money, uh, and that's going to help the people of Humboldt County overall. Do you think these changes are realistic, though?
1: Yes. I mean, you have a board telling you we're willing to play ball, but you also have that same board that has done arguably nothing to mitigate any of what was brought up. Well, it's very. Since it was brought up.
0: It's a very divided board. Uh, yeah, but
1: you're only taking one seat.
0: I am taking one seat, but it's a it's a seat that has historically been very anti-change. So it's a seat that's been very slow to change the culture that we need to change.
1: Yeah, but we're talking about finances. That should be a bipartisan issue, right? It
0: should be a bipartisan issue. It really should. Uh, But, you know, here we are, uh, and uh, the person in that seat is well-liked. And, you know, if you if you follow the, the North Coast Journal, I think one of the articles in there was how that person uh, wanted to give twenty three thousand dollars to their friends who were also taxpayers. So for twenty three thousand dollars, yeah, I'll be somebody's friend. I'll support them all day. But no, I'm not. That's like that's what I'm trying to fight against. But, yeah. Uh, no, go. No, continue. No. Um, but yeah, uh, th- those little payoffs aren't aren't good for for the people at all. I mean, one in five people in Humboldt County right now that we know of uh, are at or below the poverty line. So one in five people out there are struggling between paying for gas or paying for milk, and we've got to work past these partisan ideas. I like I'm I'm really glad that the position that I'm running for is a non-partisan office. Um I don't want to play party politics. I'm not a politician at all. I'd rather be home playing Starfield right now. I would love that actually. Um uh, but here we are uh and the the normal political process uh, that people engage in, uh, haven't put forward anybody that really wants to change things. Uh, and, and nobody that anybody can really believe in. So I want to I do my best. Uh, I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to implement uh, changes, or at least, at the very least, be able to tell people, hey, we need to fix this. So... In your opinion,
1: is it that this board seat is the one that is holding up some of this change from happening?
0: I think there are more elections coming up uh I think the I think that board seat is a big part of it uh I think it's gotta be it's gotta be ratified by four fifths of the Board of Supervisors and you know where we're almost there. If if I can get one seat, uh, I'm pretty sure one of the other two seats is going to side with us. So it might it might put us over the top. So you're almost one domino falling in yes. a chain. Yeah, and that's all it takes. Really, that's all that's all change takes is that little tiny uh, domino that that uh, that pushover that says, you know, I'm going to try something here, and who knows uh how positive of a change that would be you
1: know do you have any political experience or any experience at this level
0: at this level um yeah. so i was in the military and the military can be considered kind of political uh there's definitely um you have to be in with the right people sometimes to to make the changes that you want um and uh you know when i was Overseeing millions of dollars worth of inventory and inventory control, and using purchase cards and auditing, and doing a lot of inventory there. Like, there's a lot of oversight. There's a lot of oversight, especially uh, in the Coast Guard, especially with the Department of Homeland Security, and uh, you know, you're you're working with uh, other federal agencies like the FBI, and uh, you're you're just working to. Make things better, and you're 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 making sure that you're you're crossing your T's and you're dotting your I's and you're making sure that things work on paper because they've got to because your name is attached to the the paper that you're saying, hey, this is how much we have, and if your name and that number don't add up, they know who to go for.
1: And what was your position in the Coast Guard?
0: I was a uh, E5, I was, uh, actually, I was on the list to make E6, but, uh, they don't promote when you're on medical hold, uh, but the Coast Guard's kind of different than the other military branches. Were you in the military? No. Okay, so, um, so, like, uh, with the Army, uh, you know, they, uh, the Army recruiters have, like, they say there's, like, 300 different jobs in the Army. You could be a guy that fuels, a uh, a tanker all day, and that's, that's your job, but the Coast Guard only has like 23 jobs. So you have to cross-train. Uh, so I went to the law enforcement school when it was in Petaluma, California. Uh, I was EMT. I did firefighting. Uh, I ran a kitchen. Uh, you know, like there, there's all kinds of stuff that you have to, it, it's, it's really a multi-mission agency. And uh, you, you kind of have to, that, that experience actually works really good uh, with small local government like this because, you know, you don't look at it like, oh, we have the money to spend anywhere we want. You go, well, where can we save and where can we put the the maximum amount to do the most good of our resources? So right now, um, I think the best thing that we can do right now is to create... Um, low-income and no-income housing. Uh, That's the best thing that the county needs. Uh, 100%. uh, That would... Because it it is like a domino, right? You have housing for people, and people that haven't had housing uh, take up a lot of money in the the medical uh, side of things. Right now, uh, medical care in the county is uh, more than 50% of the budget. Uh, So you get people... Into positions where they're not needing to go to medical care all the time because they have stable housing. You know, you cut back on what you're spending every month.
1: So this medical care essentially is from getting people off of the streets. No, well, yeah,
0: there there is uh, some overlap, but no, you if you get people off the streets, they're going to require less medical services. They're not going to be as sick all the time, and they're not going to be. Um, you know, like, all right. So I knew a couple veterans that were on the street and when you're on the street as a veteran, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to get medical care through the VA, right? Well, the VA has to, has to ship prescriptions to you, but if you're homeless, how are you going to get prescriptions to get treated for your mental illnesses? You can't like, and, uh, the way it is here, we have a, a tiny clinic so most of our uh, most of the medicine for the VA system has to come up from San Francisco, at the at the main clinic. So by the time it gets here, if the if the veteran is no longer in the same spot, you know he's not going to get the help he needs. But you get these people off the street, and you get them into a stable environment. Uh, you know you're looking at the hierarchy of needs, right? Uh, once you get uh, once you get situated with shelter it's you see the you see it like it's like a fog lifts and they go okay i can kind of think now i'm not in survival mode i'm not worried about where i'm going to stay if my tent's going to get tore up if i'm going to get thrown in jail if uh, i'm going to get beat up by somebody you know uh so you do that first and that lowers the the, P, uh, the reliance on on medical care here, and and it also cleans up the streets. And when you have clean streets, and you have low income housing, where people's paychecks don't have to go almost all to hu- housing, you know they have more money to spend. Uh, that's you're going to have clean streets. You're going to have people that have spending money. You're going to have businesses return. You have businesses return, the county gets more taxes, uh, services get expanded, and things work out for everybody. And it's not just, I'm not just pulling this out. These are experts that have done this all over the world, because we're not the only people that have had a a homelessness crisis or having to deal with out-of-control spending. So
1: wouldn't this low-income housing just add to the spending, though?
0: So um, the way that I would like to build low-income housing, right? Because right now, right now we're at the beginning of a bubble crash in housing. Uh, The market is about to crash. Uh, So things are about to get uh, bad for people. And we have enough high-income housing in the area, so if you know if you want to go around and you want to find a place that's four thousand dollars a month, I'm sure you can find one. That's not a big deal here. We we have plenty of four thousand dollar a month housing, but you know if you if you if you have housing that's based on your income or based on the minimum wage, so like what fifteen dollars an hour, minimum wage right now. So you multiply that by forty hours a week, uh, times fifty two weeks a year. Uh, you divide that by 12 and then your housing should be about one third of your income. So if you're working full time, 15 hours, uh, uh, $15 an hour full time, uh, your monthly rent should be about $860. So that's what rent should be. And you're not going to find that. You're not going to find that at all here. Um, it's a little more than eight sixty. I'm just rounding around. Um, so really, that's that's one of the biggest issues is we don't have. And uh, you know, <clears throat> is it? Uh, there was a homelessness solutions committee, and uh, committees like we've already spent the money to to study uh, what type of housing we need. Uh, we've already studied uh what the solutions are to the issues and nobody's implemented it and you can all day you can say yeah we should do something yeah we should do something but it's a lot harder to actually do something uh so in order to pay for the housing that we need to build because we do we need to build it and a little bit of housing is a little bit uh it's not enough like uh, you, uh, you, can, you can argue, well, we're trying to build housing right now, but we have to worry about parking lots. That doesn't matter. We needed more than just one. It needs to be more than just one little area that needs housing. We need it all over the county, especially in rural communities where you have uh, farmers that have farm hands that, you know, like their like food is getting more expensive because those costs are getting passed on to the consumer. And <clears throat> people are already having a problem. Uh, You know, buying gas, buying milk, buying food, and it's just uh, exponentially getting worse. And unless we do something now, immediately, uh, we're going to have a big collapse. And it's going to be the worst that Humboldt County has seen. Because the last collapse that we had, the 2008 homeless collapse, or the, the housing crisis collapse in 2008, All over California, housing prices dropped, you know, 20%, 30%. People were upside down on their mortgages. That happened everywhere except guess where? Yeah, that's right here. Because we had uh, a community that had farmers that were bringing product uh, that was putting money back in the economy and keeping everything stable here. And when you look at history, agrarian societies are the ones that are going to be the most stable. And if we start ruining that here, especially with out-of-area interests that might not have the best uh, land use ideas, uh, it's going to really, it's going to, we're going to suffer uh, bad. Uh, so, yeah, what I want to do. Uh, there's something called the certificates of participation. And basically, what it is, it's um, equity that's built up. So, the county has billions of dollars worth of assets uh, that have equity in it, and uh, the supervisors have set a cap of five percent. And we're not we're not close to that five percent of what equity we can use, right? Uh, but uh, part of that um, that debt. Uh, that level that we have, and they do count on the budget. They do count the certificates of participation inside of that five percent debt cap, um, which is fine. We should be monitoring it anyway. Um, but we have three hundred twenty million dollars worth of pension debt that we have to pay down. So we get our spending under control. We 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 because um, we're we're leaking. our our finances out like like a sieve right now. So we have to shore that up. So we actually see what our expenditures are. Um, And then we issue certificates of participation uh, and we need to build um, community-owned, county-owned housing. Uh, That housing would be owned by the county, so it would count as a taxable asset, which would help offset some of those that five percent, and um, if we build it all, you know, we buy land where we need it, and we build on there uh, housing like twenty first century, um, real good housing. Because you you know, buy, have you ever heard "buy it nice" or "buy it twice"? Yeah, so we need to do it right, uh, and we need to uh, we need to build. Housing, and we need to build it at a scale that it has not been seen in this county. And building it like that is going to create jobs uh, when there's a downturn. Uh, right now, when everybody is going out of work, and that also is going to go back into helping our local community. And it's it's just it's it's a it's a win 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 if we do it right. But we need we need the we need the votes. For sure.
1: But it sounds like that is going to take a lot of money, right?
0: Yes. Yes, it will.
1: A lot of money from a county that is not only bleeding money, but losing track of money.
0: Yes. Uh, so, what's good about the certificates of deposit, or uh, the certificates of participation, is it's basically grants that the county can put forward. Uh, and it's based on the equity, and you can, you can liquidate those get grants uh, and You can have investors buy those grants and they would actually get percentages of uh, like uh, whatever rents are collected um, and they would get percentages based on the county paying back to close out those um, certificates. So it's not it's not the same type of debt. Um, It's it's a more stable type of debt. So it's it's easier to manage and it's it's a lower overall, um, cost to the county with bigger, uh, investments in the county thing. So yeah, it, it, yeah. Is there
1: interest in investors to do that though? Cause if you have the money, why not build the housing? Yeah. Yourself?
0: Well, right now, uh, right now banks are pulling in money. They're pulling in assets and they're not investing in, in high yield stocks right now because everybody's sheltering for uh, a potential storm. So uh, county bonds are actually one of the one of the best investments that people can make, especially in a downturn uh, economy that we're we're looking like we're heading toward. So if we do this now, we'll actually be able to to make a big difference. We'll actually be able to ride out a lot of the problems and Humboldt County might come out on top and we might be able to even solve homelessness in our county for the first time ever.
1: What do you make of the argument that some people have posed where the path to solving homelessness does not begin with getting them into housing, that you need some transitory stage where you can move them maybe to like a, not a commune, but like a little area where they all are and you can kind of get them stable and then get them into housing. Whereas if you just dump them into housing, they're they're still doing drugs they're they're still still having having issues. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um... Yeah, no, that's and that's a fair point. And that is um, that is something that we need to look at. And one of the solutions that was uh, uh, posed for that would be uh, like an emergency shelter. Uh, So uh, so Cal Poly was trying to build a uh, or trying to order like a like a housing barge. They're called an accommodation barge. And it's basically like a big floating hotel, but it also has, you know, it's got kitchens, it's got common areas, uh, and... You want to
1: put the homeless on a barge?
0: I, You know, I... Hmm, not all of them. No, obviously not. But we do need immediate relief for homelessness. And I don't think we're going to be able to build something fast enough to get relief. Uh, so... I mean, I've been on an accommodation barge. It's not a bad, like, it's really not. Like, people have this idea. They're really nice, uh, actually. And having a kitchen there that could be staffed by people, where we could train people how to work in a kitchen, how to cook, uh, where we could, uh, that would be a great jumping off point for people to, to, uh, you know, enter... Uh, enter the workforce because you know I don't know if you've ever worked in kitchens, but we don't we don't care where you came from. Can you can you sling a, a knife? Can you can you work some hash on the grill? Fine, you're you're hired. You know it's it's a great place to to kind of reset. Uh, but if we want to support like kitchen staff, normally not the best paid in the world. So even if somebody's working forty hours a week, they're not going to be able to afford the housing. So it's a it's a good transitory stage for people before they move into regular housing.
1: Would this be a forced removal program or forced relocation?
0: Yeah, you know, like here's the thing. It, why are we why are we forcing removal of people if we don't have housing for them? Well, the if barge we would
1: solve that, right?
0: Yeah, the that barge would, be would the solve
1: intermedi- that. So if you implemented the barge, well, would you forcibly remove them?
0: What I would do is I would get rid of a lot of these. Yeah, um, I think you could educate people because here's the thing. Some people just want to be homeless. Uh, some people do not want to work and they don't want to be a part of a society that they feel uh, there's no place for them. Um, and, you know, be free. If that's, if that's your idea of, of how America works is just, I want to just be by myself, like me in my tent, you know, they should at least be able to still have services. You know, we, we need uh, toilets. We need showers. You know, why can't we put showers uh, along the beach? You know, at least that's something, some kind of measured response for people. We should have public area for people. You know uh, the the privatization of the world is happening, and you know it's it's just getting worse and worse.
1: Yeah, but would wouldn't you say that it's a problem to have people camping out under stoops of businesses, lighting stuff on fire? I mean, you have the insane amounts of trash that is being removed from these homeless encampments. Yeah, you just let that happen? No, no.
0: uh, You know that would be up to the specific uh areas it would be like, up to you if you were on the board. If I was on the board, I well, here's the thing, the the city of Eureka, the city of Arcata, uh Fortuna, they all have their own ordinances. So it's up to those cities to how they want to deal with it. Uh and I can give recommendations and I can give where I'm coming from uh but you know, yeah, I think uh I think there are places that people shouldn't be. People shouldn't be living. And, um, you know, that's, that's how it is. What do you do
1: with those people that want to live there though?
0: Well, are they public spaces?
1: Well, you could say that downtown is a public space, but I think the business owners would have a problem with people camping out on. Oh yeah. That's
0: why you, I mean, you do have to clean up. You do have to clean up and that's part of the solution. Um, you know, you, you get housing in there, you get emergency shelters in there, and you get people... So, like... <sighs> so, one of the... One of the... Because um, we had a group of of experts that were paid very well by the county to come up with solutions. um, And... Open spaces, uh, day centers, emergency shelters, you know, that's where people want to be. They don't, like, nobody really wants to live under the stairs. You know, people want to live with dignity. If they're going to be a member of the society, they're, you know, and is it too late for some people? I mean, that's a good question. How long has this been around? How long has this crisis happened? You know, at some point, some people have been homeless for a good portion of their their lives. And it's not going to be easy to get them to change how they are. But it's not going to be easy for me to get people to change how they vote either. So, I mean, I guess it depends on what you believe in. Do you believe in people? Do you still have hope in the system? You know? That's how it goes.
1: Well, I think the system around the homeless is fundamentally broken. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And so it... My point of contention with this plan is it seems like it's almost more of the same, which we kind of know where that road goes, right? Well... It, I mean, uh, this is this is a... We've thrown how much money at the problem of homelessness? And like hardly like, any
0: money. What are you talking about? The state like, of California? The, no, the state of California, I'm talking about the county. Well,
1: the county has services. The county has has services, but it has these pathways that can help people. But the question is, do they want to be taken advantage of? There
0: are over one thousand three hundred homeless people, unhoused people on the street right now, and well, at at least in twenty twenty, so it's probably gotten worse. there was a recommendation to build uh, lower income and no income housing and the county financed housing projects or helped finance housing projects for upper middle income uh, and high income housing, uh, almost doubling the supply that we needed. But uh, when it came to low income housing, we built like six. Uh, so, yeah, you can say, "Oh, look at that! We did something. We put work into it." But was that really enough? Was that really uh, enough? Where uh, where you can really say, "Yeah, we did something, and it worked, and it didn't work." You know, like you you there's not enough. There's clearly not enough data points there to point to anything being yes, it worked or no, it didn't work. Uh, and when you look at other cities, and when you look at other places that had the same problems uh, where they went with the Housing First initiative, you see, and they really, really invested in Housing First, you see a clear correlation between less drug use, less people on the street, and uh, a cleaner area Well, What overall. have done that? Let me see. Let me look it up.
1: (sighs) I mean, my fear if I was somebody going down this route would be if we just take them from the streets and put them into housing, it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume that we're not really solving any of the problems and the housing is just going to get trashed. And if we dump all this money into it, what happens when these places
0: become uninhabitable? Some cities in the United States have implemented the housing-first approach to housing the homeless. These cities include Columbus, Ohio, and Salt Lake City. Columbus has had a 70% success rate for housing the homeless. The state of Utah has seen a 91% drop in homelessness between 2005 and 2015. Could you imagine what 91% drop would do to Humboldt County? Yeah, but that metric doesn't really mean anything.
1: I mean, we could have a 100% drop in homelessness if we took all of the homeless and moved them onto a barge. We could say, well, we solved homelessness. All these people are on the barge. They're not homeless. That metric uh, doesn't talk about drug use. That metric doesn't extrapolate to, okay. All right, let's look Are let's these look people deeper. stable? Do these people have jobs? No, that's are fair. Are they working? That's
0: fair. looking it up this is my looking up song i mean do you
1: i i think listen i the home the homeless issue is a problem and i think everybody has these ideas but when the rubber meets the road have you talked to john shelter at all do you know who that is yes i do have you talked to him about his approach and what he thinks where he is on the ground working with these groups
0: I have I've talked to several people who all believe in the home um in the in the homes first. John Shelter doesn't believe that. Yeah, I I haven't I don't think no, have I talked to him? I've talked to a lot of people. Uh I've I've been I've been inundated with with people uh while I'm while I was running this campaign. And as soon as I announced it's been a week and it's 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 been ridiculous. It, it it some some of it feels almost over the top. Like you ever see Back to the Future Three? Uh, I haven't seen any of those movies. How have you not full, seen? I haven't. We're gonna have to watch Back. I've to seen the Future clips.
1: 3. So I haven't seen the full
0: movies. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you this reference then. You're gonna have to. You you're go gonna have to head. earn it. <laughs> all right. Let me. Uh, all of these people though that have approached you, yeah, they all wanted a, h-
1: a housing first
0: model. No, they they they're all very happy with any kind of change that we have because what we're doing right now is unsustainable and it's not helping and things are getting worse. So, you know, literally anything is more than what we're doing. Um... 18 people per 10,000. You have 6% uh, experienced homelessness, shelter in places like in New York. Safe havens, Patricia. Night unsheltered. Increasing. Homelessness rates have been increasing by about 6% each year since 2017. This is due to rising housing costs and prices for essentials like food and transportation. You know, just building housing cheaper is going to prevent housing uh, ha- homelessness. Would you agree? No. You don't think that making it easier for somebody who is struggling to make rent right now.
1: At- Listen, I think cheaper rent helps people. Yes. Is it, it I don't know if that is necessarily the root cause of homelessness.
0: What would you say is the root cause of homelessness?
1: I don't know. I, I've talked to John. I've had John a couple of times. I think trauma plays into it. All I right. think drug use can play into it. Mm-hmm. I think some people just like the life but in what, some way or don't like the requirements placed on them of being a part of society. So they go down this route.
0: Would you say, all right, so what is what is homelessness to you? People living on the streets. People living on the streets. So you don't count people that are living on somebody's couch as homeless?
1: Yeah. They're homeless, but they're homeless in a different way.
0: But it's still homelessness. Okay. So what do you think getting those people?
1: Yeah, I think cheaper rent would help those people. Those people aren't the problem. I think most people are pointing out saying, hey, we need to fix this.
0: But at that point, when you were just on a couch... And you have nothing but that couch as your safety net, if something happens, how close are you to actually living on the street in that position?
1: Well, I think most people are only one unexpected incident away from being on the street. Yeah. Yeah. You're... Listen, lowering rent, you're not going to get an argument from me. Is that going to solve homelessness? Is building a ton of low-income housing going to solve homelessness? I don't know if I buy into
0: that. It's going to prevent homelessness. It's going to take away from that.
1: But there's still going to be people that are homeless.
0: There are still going to be people that are homeless. Yes, we've established that earlier when we said there are some people that just want to live on the street, that don't want to have to deal with society. But that's not the majority of people that are dealing with or about to deal with homelessness.
1: But if we build this low income housing, what portion is going to be prevented from the portion that is currently living on the street? Not the people that are living in their car, that are working, that are trying to make something happen. Not the people that are couch surfing. I'm talking about the people that are living on the street. What portion of those people do you think would be helped by low income
0: housing? You know what? I don't know. And I think we need to put studies together to figure that out. But I do know... That lowering income or or lowering rent, rent controlled buildings and and rent controlled uh, areas, so that lower income people don't have to worry about living on the street, is a good first step. How about that? Would you agree with that? I don't. Know, well, I'm not trying to be like no, confrontational. No, good. Yeah, yeah. No. no. Yeah, this is this is stuff that we have to worry about. This is stuff that we have to think about. This is this is problems facing the world. Yeah,
1: I think John, you should talk to John Shelter. I think he has a very interesting approach that is not the status quo that seems to be pushed. Yeah, and if anybody would know, it would be the guy that is going in there talking to the homeless people, working with them because they're on his crew. Yeah, I, I mean, if anybody's really doing something to tackle the homeless problem in, in the county, it's probably John.
0: Then I will go talk to John because I am open to listening to other people and to getting new insight. Uh, and I think that's what we need overall when it comes to people that want to serve in a governmental capacity. We have to be able to to look at different ways of seeing problems and uh, finding different solutions. Because again, like I said. The problems for Humboldt County, the solutions for the problems to Humboldt County have to come from Humboldt County. Because, again, we are a very unique island in the world, and it should be cherished. I wanted to ask you about the
1: short-term rentals, because I saw that that was kind of an interesting point of conflict Yeah, uh, in the Lost Ghost Outpost article.
0: Yeah, uh, so... I,
1: or in the comments of that article, I should I, say. Yeah,
0: that's fair. I, I'm a homeowner myself. I have a mother-in-law unit, and I would love, I would love to be able to get some money uh, uh, renting that out through, um, you know, short-term rentals. Um, but, and several people approached me with data points backing up their claims that said that short-term rentals are not good for the community as a whole. It takes away um, uh, uh, Sorry, that was the Red Bull again. Yeah, uh, No, it takes away from the housing market Uh, and makes it harder for people because uh, you're renting uh, your rent is going to go up based on what they could get from uh, short-term rentals. And as much as I would like to be able to get some extra money for my own reasons, uh, I'm not going to do that at the cost of my neighbors. Um, so, yeah, I will definitely say now, no to short-term rentals. And you know, th- I think that's I think that's how people should approach problems. Like, what do you have? Where's your data coming from? Okay. Yeah, I either agree with it or disagree with it. Are short term rentals currently allowed in the city of Urika
1: or in the county? I mean, I would assume that Trinidad would have some of those.
0: Trinidad, I know Trinidad was going through issues with short term rentals. And I think it was affecting because Trinidad's a very uh, vacation rentally area. Um, and I think that Trinidad actually uh, petitioned to stop short-term rentals. And um, overall, I don't think they're allowed in the county right now.
1: Do you think it should stay that way? Those don't really Uh, have a place right now?
0: Until we have uh, like a rent-controlled alternative to people, uh, until we have enough housing where that's not going to affect everybody, then yeah, we should probably work on building housing first. Especially, yeah, if it's going to take away from people.
1: Would you be opposed to some sort of rent cap? Just in general?
0: No, I don't think I would be opposed to it. Um, it, it, People have been trying to rent. So so rent has been increasing exponentially. uh, But... the housing, it's themselves, it's, it's becoming, and I think the word would probably be slummy. Like, uh, things aren't getting repaired. People are more concerned about how much money they can get without really caring about the tenant. Uh, and I think tenants' rights are getting stepped on. Um, so if, if we're dealing with situations like that, then, uh, where there are complaints uh, from tenants, then yes, we should definitely step in and go, okay, if this is how you're how you're setting this up, then you can't raise rents until you actually fix some of the issues. And, you know, maybe that'll get people going. The tenant landlord
1: debacle is so interesting because especially over COVID, you had people on both sides who felt like they were just getting royally screwed over. Well, I know a ton of landlords that... Went upside down because nobody was paying their rent and mm. you couldn't evict anybody and you kind of got fucked. And then I know tenants that were screwed as well because they couldn't afford the rent.
0: Yeah, well, didn't didn't uh, the California government set uh, say uh, say that they would pay back all the rent if if you applied for their uh, they had a grant program saying hey, you know, I know people aren't able to to pay rent. People aren't able to collect rent, so there was a there was a program for people to um, have rent covered by California. So I don't know how that panned out. Yeah, it worked. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, people people applied for it, and people got money, and it was supposed to cover one hundred percent of of uh, the rent loss. So I don't want to hear it from landlords. Like, there were programs out there. There were programs. Like, you they were on the news. People were talking about them. Do a little research. In fact, look up all the issues that our county is having while you're on there. Look up the audits.
1: You said that you weren't really that political of a guy. You didn't really run in political circles before no. your decision to run. Is this a recent embarkment for you? Or are you only politically fluent within the past week since you announced you were running? Or how long have you actually been looking at the county finances? No, no, I've been
0: looking. Uh, so, you know, I retired uh, 2016 and um, getting that bus, I think, same year down to San Francisco and uh, really getting, you know, having a lot more free time on me. So since then, I've been really kind of digging into all this would you have run if
1: if you knew that Rex was going to run from the start
0: yeah probably yeah if if i mean it's his fourth term it's his fourth term it's his it's he's been in there for 12 years and honestly at this point if if you feel that this term is going to be his swan song and it's going to make up for the last 12 years Go ahead. Vote for him. Like, go ahead. I'm all for that. Like, we should have representation on every level. Uh, but if you're interested, maybe, maybe seeing what else is out there, kind of like getting ideas from a, from a different perspective, I'll throw my hat in the ring.
1: What do you think separates you from Rex? Why should people vote for you over him?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that's the... um, That's the million-dollar question, That right? is the million-dollar question. Why should you vote for Gordon over Rex? Honestly, if you don't know that already, then it doesn't matter what I say. Uh, but... Well, I think a lot of people don't know who you are. That's fair, that's fair. So, uh, I'm the guy that wants to fix the funding issues with the county. And I want to build uh, a massive amount of rent-controlled, low-income housing.
1: That would presumably be on land that the county is going to purchase.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I want to actually make a difference. Um when i when i uh first met rex officially as his uh opponent at the beef and bean uh he was very um he was tired like he was he he's turning 65 this year i believe next year he's let him retire guys all right that should be my my campaign slogan Just let him retire.
1: Well, 65 is young. I mean, look at our president.
0: Yeah. Let's look at him. Let's really look at him. Yeah. Are you a fan of Biden? I don't think I've been a fan of any president for the past 30 years. Um... I don't think anybody has my interests or my generation's interests at heart um at all i think I think most of Congress still thinks bread is a nickel, so I don't care about any of their views um and i'm not I'm not trying to get i'm i am nonpartisan um I hate everybody equally. How about that? That's a that's a clip for your uh, ad. I hate everybody equally. I hate everybody equally. No, no, I don't. Uh, I really, I really care about the people here. If I didn't, I wouldn't be running.
1: Do you have a political affiliation?
0: No, um, I. I don't know what I registered I think uh, I was in the midst of like chemo treatment so I was probably zooted out of my mind when I registered I, I don't even think I think I voted green party uh, just because I was so freaking pissed at everything. Um. Yeah, Uh. I, I haven't I haven't found anybody that really like aligns with how I how I think. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not only like, so like, I don't think we, su- we should politicize um, services, county services, like people politicize the police. So if you, if you like the police, you've got to vote this way. Like, no, that's stupid. That's a dumb way of looking at things. You, you like the, the police have definitely had to deal with some bad optics for sure but that's because they're going in to uh to do things that maybe the police the police don't need to go like oh somebody doesn't have a the right permit so we're going to knock down his front door which he has to pay for because when the police knock down your door you don't get out of paying for that uh and then you know, shoot a dog, and and tear up crops and throw them into the giant grinder. Like, no, no cop has gone. You know what I really want to do? Man, I was reading this detective story where they uh, tore up a bunch of pot plants from this cancer guy's house. Wow, that sounds great. No, it's it's all it's just bad optics, and it just feeds into this whole. Oh the, well, the police are, uh, uh, you know, they're bad guys, really? No, they don't want to do that. What do they want What do we want? We want crime to be lowered. And we're talking about victim crime, not victimless crime. Like uh, the, the cops don't want to be going to doing all this all these bullshit raids where's where The DEA is talking about moving pot from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, which will mean that Humboldt County farmers will be able to, to ship out of state. Do you know how much good that will do for the farmers here? Do you know how much good that will do for our county? Like, we should, we should, I mean, I know they've talked about this in the past with the branding it, like, uh, you know, oh, champagne is only champagne in the French countryside of champagne uh you know it's a great idea but we really need to like if we if we're gonna work on that if it's gonna go from schedule one to schedule three then we need to stop criminalizing because like if a mom and pop store uh doesn't get their their registration done to open their store we don't have the cops knock down their door pull the milk out of the containers and cut them to pour them on the ground and handcuff uh ethyl to to the register no like that's dumb why are we doing it with this uh why are we doing it with uh with this industry and this measure a is is trash as well I'm not familiar with measure That a. that's the that's the one where they're trying to to rewrite the uh Humboldt County uh general um plan so it would make it harder for they they're trying to gut the industry.
1: Oh, the cannabis industry. The cannabis industry. Oh, I have industry. heard the people be upset about it.
0: Yeah, no, people are upset about it. It's it's stupid because and and another so like so the whole idea is that Oh, it's supposed to protect the environment. It's supposed to be for the environment. Don't you care about the environment, right? That's the that's the 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 whole idea behind it. So to protect the environment. But cannabis is so well regulated already. So yeah, I've got a I've got a map here. And if you look between District One and District Two, most of the pot grows are right there, right? And most of them run along the Matoll River. And what have we been uh, dealing with in the rivers right now? Blue-green algae. What's caused by blue-green algae? Or what causes blue-green algae? It's farm runoff, right? That's, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know, it is. It is farm runoff. So you would expect the Matoll River, since the majority of pot grows are along that river, you would expect that to be the worst river and Humboldt County, but it's the only one right now that doesn't have any blue-green algae on it. So don't give me the false data that it's there to help the environment, because it's not. It's it's there to gut the industry so that other investors can come in, buy up dirt cheap property because nobody can afford to live here anymore. And run everybody that has made Humboldt County great out of um, out of Humboldt County.
1: Well, a lot of people would say that the board screwed over the industry in the first place. Yeah. When they first came to the table. Oh,
0: of course they did. Yeah, and that's why, uh, you know, in the political spectrum, uh, you know, people are telling me, don't stand up for the pot industry. There are no voters there. Well, there are no voters there because they don't want to come out again. They don't want to be seen because you've screwed them over. Nobody in government has really cared about the farmers. So, why should they care about the government? State of Jefferson all over again. Except, you know, part two.
1: I I want to pivot back for a second and ask you about the police. What is your stance on policing today? For policing in the county?
0: I was uh, so the coast guard is a multi agency or uh, a multi mission agency that uh deals with its its policing its uh emergency medical its firefighting so i've been in some really crappy places and you know i didn't join the coast guard to to find nets and bilges filled with you know, all kinds of feces and stuff. I I do. I support the police. I support what they're doing. Uh, but they need somebody who's going to worry about... Like, they're having a hard time with optics. For sure. And they're only listening to the people that support them, that have that political ideation. And... So people are getting frustrated because it seems like the police aren't listening to the other half of the population. And so we really need to like work on coming together as a community and decide what policing means to us. What does it mean for you? Police. Police want to do overall i think police are good people i think people join the police force to do good and i think that saying that can be controversial because there are some bad apples and there are some uh lapses in oversight and lapses in um protocol but ultimately, I think they're good. I think they want to do good for their community. And I want to. I think they want to be perceived for the good that they do. And I think it's hard for them to solve crimes when people don't trust the police to have their best interests. So people won't report things or things they won't come forward with, information about something that they have. So it makes it harder. So it makes police's jo- uh, the police jobs harder to do. And that just builds into this cycle that, well, they're not really here to even help us or they're not a part of the solution. You know? So it, it's... I think they need help. For sure. And I think they want to do good. And I want to do good for them and i want to work together uh uh and i'm going to reach out to i have i have so many people to talk to i bet yeah no it's been i've been constantly going but yes i'm i'm going to uh talk to uh uh sheriff hansel and um i'm going to exchange thoughts and ideas about you know what he wants and what the county needs and what his perception of what people need are and uh, I'm gonna do my best to work uh, within the confines that I'm given.
1: Has that been kind of an evolving view for you this your relationship with the police or your view of the police?
0: a little bit. I mean, you know I was uh, I was a hard charger America fuck yeah for a good portion of my life, um, and then I'm, I'm getting exposed to other ways of thinking about things, and, uh, you know, if you want solutions, you have to listen to both sides. You have to listen to every side. You can't just listen to all sides, and, or, yes, what? Yeah. You have to listen to all sides. Um... And and you kind of have to have to work the dials of, you know, safety, security, oversight, um, you know, and, and all of those kind of shift when you move each other. So it's it's a balancing act. And um we have to look at it as what's the most good that we can do? What's the most good that we can do? That's what we're looking for.
1: Do you think that there should be more police reform? That we still have a, a long ways to turn that dial or reallocation of funds gets thrown well, thrown around so, in there too?
0: So um there's uh some officers have a problem with body cams. But you're locally? Everywhere. Just uh, in general. Just in general. But if you look at the data, body cams are actually good for the police because most of the time people are a little malicious in what they're saying the police do. And body cams actually protect the police a lot more. And it's also another step of of oversight for, you know, if you have um some negative interactions or you have a shooting that takes place um that's evidence and that's going to and that's obje- that's objective evidence it's not there for the police officer or for the victim or for the perpetrator or whoever is the alleged other side on that um it's an objective thing And that with uh, maybe a community oversight board um, would be steps in the right direction, for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable.
0: No, And and it protects everybody because, again, they're community services. They're supposed to work for everybody in the community, you know? And even people that are arrested... Uh, even people that are that are um, taken into custody, they still have rights under the Constitution. You know, they're still supposed to be read their Miranda rights, and they're still supposed to be uh, innocent until proven guilty. So sometimes it's hard to remember
1: that not all cops are bad. Yeah, it's it's an interesting response. I I had read through some of your old tweets. In pre- I did some digging on oh, you. Oh yeah, no, of course. In preparation and yeah. I would not have guessed you would have been this measured on the police based on those tweets.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, again, um, what is it? The internet is a is a player like a megaphone. Sport. Oh, well, yeah. You're
1: going in a different direction. Yeah,
0: well, no, uh, the, the internet just enhances. A megaphone of
1: people's ideas. A
0: megaphone of people's ideas and and So I I started, I was realizing that, you know, I'm getting on here and what I'm getting is really one-sided and I'm really not seeing the whole picture of it. And I went through and I unliked and I unfollowed a lot of things that were, were personally there that I felt weren't really giving things a fair look.
1: Was this prior to you announcing your campaign? No, no,
0: this was, this was, you know, probably while you were going through all that old stuff of my... That was a couple days ago. Oh, was it?
1: When yeah, I... I, when, once we kind of locked this and I started doing some digging on you.
0: Oh, well, yeah, which, what was it?
1: Uh, I mean, there were, there were tweets just, to, it was during the BLM
0: riots. So oh, so you that weren't... was, that was what, four years ago? 2020. 2020, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like. But I think everybody was caught up in that. And everybody just wanted like, no, everybody uh everybody's ang- yeah, exactly. But you know, so you were kind of
1: caught you, up in the momentum of Of everything. course.
0: And and that's fair. Everybody gets caught up uh with, you know, how things are going and caught and up in the mob. Caught, caught up in the mob. Uh but yeah, you know, you you, you know you mellow out. And uh
1: I'm kind of interested if those were the things that were left up. What did you kind of remove? What did you curate your feed from?
0: Oh, I haven't. I haven't. I at thought all. you
1: just said you went back through and unliked. And uh, stuff uh, yeah, and I did l- stuff. unlike,
0: but I didn't. Uh, I didn't take away things that I tweeted or or remove things that I had on my Facebook or everything. I mean, But why I, go back through and even unlike anything? Well, no, no, no. It wasn't during my when I announced. It was right after that, directly after that. I was like, you know, I really need to like after you announced. No, no. After, after what? After the BLM protests, you went back through and removed some stuff. Right, right after these, uh, right after these movements, um, you know, I I kind of had to sit back. I I had a I had a time. I was still getting, um, or I was just getting over cancer treatment, and I was like really kind of clear headed for the first time in a while. And I was like, you know, what, what is social media supposed to be, really? What, what is this supposed to be for? Is this for just picking up and getting angry at the world? Or is this supposed to be something that is a tool to help me connect and to help me see other points of view and to connect human to human with people? Because, you know, anybody can sit there and, and just anger post all day long, But what does that really do, other than get other people angry? And do I want to be angry all the time when I'm on my phone? No, and too many people do. Too many people just pick up and they're like, time to get angry. And uh, it it just feeds into itself. So, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. And if you put in measuredness and, and you put in kind of a... positive outlook um you know the the internet reflects everything uh back at you a thousand times over so if you go to the internet looking for evidence that things are bad you're gonna find it overwhelmingly so so really think about what you what you use the internet for and really think about your time on social media and on your phone and what you're really, what you really want out of it. Yeah. A lot of people just fall into the
1: cesspool that the internet can be. And then that's all they're reciprocating.
0: And that's it. And that, and that reflects on people in the outside world because, you know, you, you get this, this shade of idea that that clouds your vision and makes you go, Well, everything's this way. Look, you know, you put on those red glasses and everything is red. So you see red everywhere.
1: So you kind of came out from those riots after everything event had ended and almost found a sort of clarity. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe the world's not falling apart. Because
0: I've known, I've worked with the FBI and I've worked with other law enforcement. And I used to I used to hang out with these guys. Some of these guys are my friends. um so I know that they're not bad people. I know that they're just trying to help and they're just trying to do what's right. but you know you look at at anybody who wears a badge with the lens that these are the bad guys, and it clouds how you interact with everybody, you know, and it it clouds how you interact with yourselves and it clouds what services you want to even get, you know, and then that's, that moves into, well, if I can't trust anybody else, you know, maybe I just need to arm myself or maybe I need to go inside and like prepare for the end times. And that's not, that's not helpful because, all right, let's say the end times happen. You know, you're still gonna need farmers. You're still gonna need a community. You're not gonna be able to take care of yourself. Like, you're still gonna need to to find a medical. Uh, you know, like you gotta you gotta look at it like that. You gotta look at your community as our support system. So, what was your th- Going back to that moment,
1: what were you thinking when you decided I want to go back through and maybe unlike some of this stuff? Was, I was it that thinking, you didn't want to be attached to yeah, it? No,
0: no, no. It? I was thinking that this is stuff that's making me angry. And this is stuff that's not reflective of the type of person that I want to be. Um I wanna I wanna be a positive person in the world. I wanna be so the positive. So when you say unlike,
1: change. are you saying unfollow yeah unfollow not you didn't go back and unlike post no no, just no, no 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 i just
0: unfollowed things I, I i curated my my um your feed my feed uh to be something that is a positive effect and even with that i i try to limit my amount online um as much as i can because it's still gonna catch up it's still gonna it's still gonna be there but you know Where would you rather spend most of your day? You know, like... Not online. No, not online. I'd rather be out there. I'd rather be talking to people. I'd rather be passing out flyers and uh, giving people ideas about broadband, community-owned networks. And uh, yeah, I'd rather be a part of the solution than a part of the problem. How about that? I think we could all take a page from that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you?
1: I guess we can kind of wrap up here. It's already six o'clock. Oh crap! Is it? What uh? What yeah. do you? What do you rank your odds right now? I know we're race. I mean, we're still ways out from election day. We do you are. Feel? How do you? How are you feeling? I mean, you're thrust into the spotlight. You've already had some. Yeah. Some being, opposition. Some some. I mean, you're
0: getting being there's pressure. Being a uh, being a public figure. Uh and being a, a horror director, which I I did take down a lot of my my horror. Nobody needs to see chainsaw kills uh on my director reel. Uh but you know being a public figure and being a politician are two different things for sure. By a lot. Um how do I how do I um what are my odds right now? Um I'd say they're better than average Uh, I've I've gotten a lot more support than I thought I would people are generally even in places that are very very against other uh, people um, there has been a lot of support a lot of people have come out and uh, it's really actually it's kind of funny uh, because you know There are a few times that I've run into people that are like, you know, you're not welcome here. This isn't a part of the, you can't be a part of this and no, nobody likes you. And then people would clear out and it'll be just one-on-one and they'd be like, you know, actually, I'm really glad that you're running because we need some new ideas and we need some new people. And you seem like you've got it together. And, you know, just like some, at some point I was the first politician other than him to actually go visit some of these communities, to actually go talk to people. And I've spent days um, driving down the worst roads in Humboldt County that I've ever seen. I, uh, my car is uh, definitely needs some tune-ups after driving down. Uh, I went to uh, Honeydew from uh, Redcrest. You know, and you and you take that uh, uh, that route, and I wouldn't take an ATV down some of those, like that. It was it was hairy. Uh, Those are some really rough roads, but um, but yeah, people. I think people are are ready for a change, and uh, it's kind of funny because I know what's happening in the other camp, uh, where they're just like, you know, if you just ignore him, it'll go away. But that's not how things work. Ignoring things just makes things go worse. So don't do it. Don't ignore me. You're ignoring a lot of other people, too. They don't like it. Anyway. Do you guys, are there any debates planned
1: for you two? I know, again, we're still a ways out. Yeah, we uh, we we are still
0: a ways out. Um, So uh, a few people were talking to me about the Matol Grange debate that they want to have with us. Um, and, uh, they were giving me some pointers and, you know, kind of like set me up for success. It'd
1: be interesting to see you two on the same stage debating your points.
0: Well, uh, every time, uh, I have been, uh, in the same place as him, he, uh, he doesn't seem very animated or very happy to be there. Um, uh, you know, he, he introduced me to somebody as his opponent, And uh, I had to clarify that I'm not his opponent. I'm somebody else that's trying to do good for the community. And if we think of each other as opponents, we're not going to get forward. Uh, Nothing's going to change. And things are just going to get worse.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Gordon, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah,
0: of course. Anytime.
1: Do you want to plug where people can find you, all of your stuff, where they can check out the campaign, your resources?
0: Uh so my uh my campaign website is uh gordonclatworthy.com. I wanted to do something ridiculous like vote Gordon Clatworthy for first district supervisor this 2020 or 2024 election.com. Uh as a big, big ridiculous, but uh I think uh people have a hard enough time spelling Clatworthy. Um so I just try to keep it simple Uh I will be at The Um fest This weekend Uh I'm also going to be On um The Mixed Nuts Comedy show Uh I'm gonna be A part of that For a little bit But Uh Let's just say my uh What I was going to say On comedy Uh Has completely changed Now that Because Everything I say now is political because I'm a politician now. And I hate that I had to say that I'm a politician. I hate it. Again, I'd rather be playing Starfield, but nobody else is going to fix this mess that everything is in. So... Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. But uh, no, I'd say my uh, my odds are are better than average how about that
1: well i think baseline everyone's just happy to see a healthy democratic process nobody should ever run unopposed no
0: no definitely not especially not after three times in the same spot if if you're doing everything right three times in a row and you don't have any complaints from anybody something's up something's up for sure Okay. Well, great. Right. thanks well, for doing this, man. Really. Of course. Yeah. Anytime. Have a great day.
1: You too.